So now that we're on YouTube, and of course we have people that still watch our ugly mugs here online and all that. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, whatever. I, I do have to give a shout out to another fellow YouTuber. Tuber. Turber. Turber. YouTuber. New website. Yeah, new. T- there you go. Okay. YouTuber. Yeah, tongue tied today. <laughs> um, Fred Flintstone twenty one on oh. YouTube. Nice. Saved my butt today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give him fifty percent credit. Okay. Because, so here's what happened. Uh, I don't know if you knew Project Excursion. I've been having issues for a little bit of time, like maybe three or four years, um, with the Windows and the radio just intermittently dying. I know you did with the radio, not with the Windows, though. So the radio goes on and off. The Windows do the same thing, but not always at the same time. It's one or the other. Interesting. Kind of thing. Well, today... At lunchtime, I go through McDonald's. I'm coming back. Window will not go up. <laughs> and usually within five or ten minutes, whatever relay or whatever the issue mm-hmm. is pops, or I don't know what the term would be, but it, it starts working again. Resets. Resets. I have messed with this thing. I've looked online. I've looked everywhere. So today I just started Googling things and... This guy's video showed up. He's got this short video on YouTube, mm-hmm. and he explains the exact same problem I've been having. And I, he doesn't really give a fix for it because he says it's something to do with a battery saver relay that's in the instrument cluster Okay, that you have to have the instrument cluster rebuilt to do. Yeah. And apparently, as these excursions <clears throat> age, it's starting to become a more common problem. Mm-hmm. Well, he had a quick workaround where you pull out the relay... Uh, that's in the fuse panel, and you just run a, a keyed hot to it. And he said, you know, your stuff will start working again, but mm-hmm. you're not going to have a delay or something. I don't remember exactly what the uh, in the video what he said. Yeah. So I made up a little jumper wire real quick. I always carry that stuff in the back of Project Excursion, plugged it in, boom, I got Windows and radio again immediately. Nice. So I'm like, oh, man, this thing, three, four years of this thing, um, and, and I even played with it. I would unplug my little jumper, everything dies, plug it back in, everything's working. I'm like, nice. sweet, I've done a workaround. Yeah. Uh, on my way here, of course, to do the podcast, the radio goes out again. Windows <laughs> are still working. So... I'm going to give them 50% credit because my <laughs> windows are working now, yeah. but I'm not sure if I actually have corrected the issue or whatnot. So if anyone out there in our podcast land have a or has a excursion or a super duty that's doing the same thing, um, Project Excursion's an 03 with a 7.3 diesel where the windows and the radio work intermittently, and you've got some other idea, uh, let us know. <laughs> but, well, let uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you, you let me know, I'll forward the information. Yeah, well, or somebody hopefully <laughs> yeah. finds out. But uh, I think we have other things we want to talk about today, John, don't we? Yeah, a few. All right, let's do it. Yep. It's time to hit the trail. Lock in those hubs and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So we are on episode 41 now. Correct. Mistaken episode there. 41, which I, I'm amazed that we've made it this far. I am too, and nobody, sh- one particular person in per- well, hasn't shot us yet. Yeah, well, after all the technical <laughs> troubles he had this week, I, yeah. he was just telling us it took, uh, producer Andrew took about five hours to get last week's YouTube and podcast and everything all put together, and we're forever grateful, buddy. Oh, we really appreciate it. You. I know it's a pain in the butt. He probably had to run out and get more beer just to tolerate listening to us for that amount of time. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. So, yeah, so 41 in our plan numbers is a pretty significant year. In uh, just the evolution of four-wheel and off-road in general. That's kind of the gist of what we talk about, but 41 is probably the start of the beginning. Yes, that's a double negative, I realize, as I say. I, that out loud. Okay, all right. So 
We already talked about this, so it's not a surprise to me. So I don't need to fake that this is a surprise of the 41. Yeah. We talked about this in the Patreon episode last mm-hmm. week, which if you're not listening to us on Patreon yet, go to Patreon, look up Wheelin' with the little apostrophe at the end of it, no G, and you'll find our show for as little as $2 a month. You can listen to us on there to the after show, which is really a continuation of our regular episodes. You get about another 20 to 30 minutes of material. Uh, check it out, folks. Um, but going back to that, 41 is the year that is credited as being the very first year of the Jeep. Yes. Yep. The Willys MA, as it was called. Now, <laughs> why... I, I get that 41 was maybe the first product production mm-hmm. year, but prototypes go back into 40. Yep, into 1940. So they wanted a... The government wanted a, a quarter-ton light reconnaissance vehicle... Built to the Army specifications that they could use for war. Yeah. So the three companies, Bantam, Willys, and Ford, were the only three that responded to build such a contraption. And within a year, they produced the template for it. And the whole design was completed in 75 days. They made two prototypes. Now, that would have been (laughs) the Ford Pygmy and the Willys... Quad. Willys Quad, it was called? Yep. And then the Bantam... What was Bantam's called? Uh, not the MA or something like that? I don't or remember no. on that. Mm. Well, um, I'm not going to profess to be a super uh, wartime Jeep uh, guru here, and I actually have little stories about, you know, why that is. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, let's. I, I would like to talk about this, about the wartime Jeeps mm-hmm. and 41. So you're saying in 40... They had all these prototypes out there, and it was something like, and, and I've got your notes in front of me, but there, there's not saying it. I'm just that, going off so my memory. So that was a spec sheet, and that, that's available online. Okay. Um, I, I didn't happen to, it's a PDF copy of a, like a build spec sheet, or tech spec sheet that they had out there for them. Oh, okay. So that's why it's all the, the really technical information now, on it. <laughs> in your research, these are just a couple of things that I remember reading about. I thought originally the government said they wanted like 20% of these to have rear wheel steering for some reason. And that I don't recall. They also I, wanted six wheel drive versions. I don't you know, with, that. with an extra axle. There's a bunch of weird stuff out there. When you look at the. There are. I've, I've got almost 14 pages worth of information here. And I, I've only sorted maybe a third of that out. It's just too overwhelming with how much there is. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of weird different things in there. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, so. I I don't want to sit here and pretend that we're some sort of expert on these. Uh, no. no, there's books dedicated I'm to this stuff. I'm a fan, though. I, Absolutely, I, they're cool. I love the nine-slot grill Jeeps. Yeah, which, those are neat. And that you, is... You don't still have that one, do you? No. Uh, no. I remember you had that 43, and you got that one for it. It well, was no, a repo, though, wasn't it? Um, I had a 43 Ford GPW. Okay. And yeah. I had a 41 slack grill Jeep, and that was like... Is a, that the one that I remember then? It was just a basket case. Yeah. You yeah. like you chopped the bed in half, you're going to make a rat rod thing out of it or something? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Okay, before Jeep historians out there and Jeep purists <laughs> start to just absolutely cringe, this thing... It was trashed. It, in <laughs> hindsight, somebody would have put it back knowing the rarity of it. If I remember right off the top of my head, it was serial number 4,000-something. It was like the 4,000-something Jeep that had ever been built. Nice. And I didn't know that at the time when I purchased it. Of course, I figured this out via the serial numbers later Mm -hmm. on. Um, It it was missing the grill, missing the uh, windshield frame. I was missing a lot. Yeah, when I got it. But I knew I had the willy stamped into the tailgate or into the back, but no tailgate. So I knew it was a wartime Jeep. And my, I, my favorite was still the, the machine gun mount on the frame. Oh, yeah. Got the bed off, and there's just a machine gun mount just welded right to the frame on it. I think that they all had cool. that during the war. Was, I could be wrong. It was an optional thing. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought it was. Okay. I could be wrong, even. Yeah. And, and this thing had been welded on and boogered up and all that oh, over yeah. the years. Only, one of the original VIN plates or build plate was welded over. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I remember looking at it a little bit. I didn't know or understand a lot about anything back then. No, I was still, you know, scrounging for stock parts out of a scrapyard one that you had in the yard at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. Um, that was a very lucrative deal for me because I remember, I remember 
when I purchased that, I purchased it online, and this would have been hmm, probably 15 years ago. Um, maybe. I don't know. It was right around when you and I first started hanging out. Around 2008, 2009. Yeah, right. No, I've been in 2009. Okay. Either 9 or 10, because I, I was working on my Jeep at the time. Okay. Uh, when it was at your place still. I remember so, that. So, yeah, video, 10, but, 11 years ago. Yeah. I purchased this thing, and at the time I was married, and, you know, my wife at the time, you know, I showed her the picture of it. I said, we're driving four hours north to go pick this thing up, sight unseen, that I just purchased for $300. And such a bad joke. She she now, looks but... at this thing. <laughs> what? That why you said you were married back then? Well, you know, there's a lot of my <laughs> shenanigans. I, I, I'll admit that. Um, you know, there's other reasons too, but just wait till they, uh, we take a break to hit me or yell at me for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I says, well, I'm, I'm going to buy this thing. She's, what are you doing with it? And I says, you know, it's just a, it's a deal through the business. Mm-hmm. Going to part it out, whatever's left. And she's like, well, there's no engine. There's no transmission. It's just, it's just a rotted. It was, the tub was rotted in half. Had a trans. No, tub was Maybe rotted in half. One. Yeah. And. So oh, that, that tub was bad. Yeah. So we drive all the way up, load this thing up. It's full of leaves, you know, <laughs> to the top of the tub. Load it up, bring it back home. I'm looking at this thinking even to myself, what did I get into? <laughs> yeah. Well, I started digging through it, and there's things like uh, the first 5,000 Jeeps all had these, all the knobs and everything on the dashboard were brass, and then the government eventually told them, hey, we need the brass for other things, just make them <laughs> out of steel. Nice. It also had a gas gauge, which was an option on only the very first Jeeps during mm-hmm. the war. And then they got rid of the gas gauge. Yeah. And there was a number of little things like that, but all these parts were there still. And I started throwing them on eBay and parting it out. And all in all, over a couple-month period, I think I made four or $5,000 off of the parts uh, from this slack grill Jeep. Yeah. So that was kind of neat. But, um, you know... Back to back to these uh, talking of the beginning of these things, mm-hmm. uh, and that was kind of a long, you know, talk about one of my flat fender adventures. But um, I don't have any yet. It's man, I tell you what, I've always wanted one. I've had three, and you know, I've only had one running one, mm-hmm. and that was a junkyard save. But nice, um, that wasn't a wartime. That was a forty-seven. I remember that the one. yellow one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we're not talking about cool. those today. We'll get into the CJ2s and stuff in the future. I, I will say this. So the place I used to work, um, the, the company started in 1946. And I'm, it, I'm sure it has nothing to do with that, but the owner, the present owner, has an old World War II era Jeep that he still drives around every now and then in the summer. Very cool. That thing is cool. Very <laughs> it cool. It sounds seriously good, too. Does it? Yeah, little one thirty four four cylinder uh, flathead just like go. That. Pop, yeah, pop, pop, pop. yeah. I'll I'll have one one day. I will. Yeah. Oh yeah. One day. <laughs> you don't fit in one. I don't fit in them. No, no. But, I haven't figured that part out yet. Yeah. I have to just sit in the back and use sticks or something on the pedals. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to how these things got started. So they put out these bids, and you were saying Willys, Bantam. And Ford all answered. Yep. Now I've I've heard before, and I guess I would have to do some more research. Maybe you had something there. The Indian motorcycles came up with something, and it was like three wheeled or something. I don't recall that. Okay. I, I looked more or less just up the as the 1941 Willys. Okay, and just kind of based up and down a little bit on that. All right. Well, okay. So, so. who won the first bid? Uh, Come that, on, well, Mr. Jeep been guy. No. <laughs> Bantam couldn't do it, so Willie's got the contract. Will- they couldn't keep up with it, so Ford got it. Willie's design won the bid. I had that. The backwards. government didn't think that Bantam had the resources to produce what they wanted. That's what it was. So they took and had Willie's do it as well. Yeah. And then Willie's couldn't keep up with production, so Ford made them as well during the war from yeah. forty-one to forty-five or forty-two to forty-five. And so, yeah, during World War Two. Uh, Bantam was out of the picture pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just Willys and Ford. Um, but uh, I see you're over there looking at something. I, am I moving too fast for no, you No, I'm, I'm trying to find other stuff in my notes to add. Like I said, there's so much information I had here. I, I've, I've got a quote we'll get to that I think is one of the... Well, there's two big quotes. I know one I've said before in a prior episode, but we'll get to them. Okay. So. Um, well, anyways, you know, so... You know, Willie starts producing these things. Like we said, they couldn't produce enough of them. I don't remember 
you know, exactly the date where they said, where, where they went in and said, okay, Ford, you need to produce the exact same thing. You, the Willys design, mm-hmm. you're going to produce it, but what you're going to do is you're going to make it identical. Well, Ford said, okay, that's fine, but then they ended up stamping their name or the letter F into every single part on hmm. their Jeep. I don't recall ever hearing that one either. Yeah, so the Ford Jeep interesting. Uh, originally had Ford stamped in the in the back of it, and hmm. then all, even Everlick Bolthead had a letter F on it, a stylized that's Ford awesome. F. Um, apparently, and I don't know the reason why, but the government stepped in in 42 and said, uh, or 43, early, late 42, early 43, and said, you know, both Willys and Ford, stop stamping your stuff. <laughs> and then after that, they all look the same. And nice. the only way you can tell is by the serial number. Although Ford, for a number of years through the war, still had a lot of their F stamp parts in there. Interesting. Yeah, so there's, you know... And the Jeep, the true Jeep collectors on this, and this is something I've learned. I'm on a couple of Willie's Facebook pages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And these guys, you know, they can be um, very, very particular. They'll look at a picture of some wartime Jeep, and within two seconds, they know that one little part is not correct on it. That's nuts. I, I totally believe it. I totally believe that, though. Yeah. Some of the attention to details, like the the grill thing we were discussing on the last episode. Well, even that, <laughs> you know, um, Ford designed the grill. So Willie's grill was a slat grill, which was steel bars welded together. Mm-hmm. And I love the look of that thing. It I is really a cool do. looking grill. Yeah. Ford came in and said, we can make this cheaper if we just stamp it out of a single piece of sheet metal. So, mm-hmm. so the Ford Motor Company actually designed the original iconic Jeep grill. I love it. And a lot of Jeep <laughs> guys don't don't know that. Yeah. But that's that's the truth. And you got way more information than I was even Because it's in my head. It's, I didn't <laughs> yeah. even look anything up. It's all my head. Yeah. This is the useless knowledge that Keith of Keith and Johnny Orange has. It's not useless. It's perfectly good, useful information. Well, even that, something <laughs> I didn't know, I just learned the other day, is the stamp steel grills... The Willys grill versus the Ford grill, there's actually a slight difference in them. Hmm. And that's in the very bottom of a couple of the bars on it. It's like okay. scalloped a little further or something. And I don't remember which is which. Interesting. But you can actually, so a true like World War II Jeep historian can look at the grills of a, a Willys and, you know, the when Willys started producing their own stamp steel grill mm-hmm. and the Ford grill, and they know whether that's a Ford grill or a Willys grill. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So. Um, very minor, minor difference. I mean, it might, you might only be talking like three-eighths of an inch or something. but yeah, That's a significant difference, though, if you're looking at those kind of details. Yeah. I mean, if it were anything, you know, quarter-inch or smaller, I could see it just being attributed to, you know, manufacturing process. Well... But three-eighths, that's, that's a big amount. Even you know, a quarter-inch, really, at that. Exa- well, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, Barrett-Jackson just had their big auction. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much news you've read about that. I don't have cable or satellite. I don't just see any of that. But I know my buddy's dad was on that one of those auction shows a couple days or oh, weeks really? ago. Yeah. Apparently, this year at Barrett Jackson, mm-hmm. a lot of subpar builds and restorations went through under the radar. Like they looked really pretty in pictures, but when mm-hmm. you started looking up close, they had all the wrong parts. And I guess uh, it was a number of flat fenders that went through. Really? That had the wrong parts on them hmm. that sold for big money. And the same thing, you know, some paint quality on some vintage trucks and things like that. So yeah. uh, people online on several of the uh, the Facebook pages and mm-hmm. um, I've even seen some things on Instagram are ripping apart the, you know, this year's Barrett-Jackson and going, not yeah. that Barrett-Jackson did anything wrong, but that these things are going through and then unsuspecting buyers who have a little bit too much money to burn Mm-hmm. Paying big money for something that maybe isn't exactly what they thought they're getting. Oh, I'd have been pissed. Yeah, I would have been extremely angry had yeah. that happened to me. <laughs> so, um, well, I see the old arm wave over there. That it's time. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break, John, and let's regroup after this. Sounds good. See you in a bit. It's cute when Rover shakes a paw for you. Good boy. And when he rolls over on command. That's it, buddy. But when he brings in fleas and ticks from the outside. Rover. Not so much. Rover can't help what time of year it is, but ABC Home and Commercial Services can. They're the best in pets, so give them a call and they'll come around and treat your yard. ABC Home and Commercial Services, 810-794-5678. Online at abcbees.com. So General George C. Marshall, U.S. Army Chief of Staff during World War II, 
And later, U.S. Secretary of State described the Jeep brand 4x4 as America's greatest contribution to modern warfare. And then the Scripps Howard World War II reporter Ernie Pyle once said, It did everything. It went everywhere. It was as faithful as a dog, as strong as a mule, and as agile as a goat. I wouldn't have thought goats were that agile, but apparently they are. (laughs) (laughs) Great quotes. Um, Oh, yeah. And I, I hear goat, though, and I immediately think of those fainting goats. So that's probably not a good advertising point for a vehicle that's supposed to go everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I think... Uh, God, those things are funny. I think GTO, Pontiac, but when you say goat... Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Um, huh. My grandfather was a World War II vet. Okay. And Well, actually, both my grandfathers, but mm-hmm. my, my one grandfather on my mom's side um, was in Honolulu. Okay. Pearl, Pearl no, is that where Pearl Harbor? Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Yeah. He, he he was in Pearl, and I have a bunch of cool old black and white photos. I actually shared a bunch to the. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, to the museum page yeah. because the that was jeep. A while ago. He's riding around in two different jeeps mm-hmm. in Hawaii that have the numbers on them, and I would love to find out if either of those jeeps exist today. Yeah. Chances are they don't, but. They have the hood numbers on them mm-hmm. that the hood numbers, well, just as a side note there, a lot of these uh, flat fender restorers, if you get an old uh, flat fender World War II Jeep, you can lightly sand or peel the paint off the sides of the hoods. And a lot of times those old numbers or even the outline really? of the numbers are still there. And those numbers That's will cool. usually tell you where it was delivered, where it served, and wow. all that type of stuff. So you can get a lot of, you can actually get more information from a wartime Jeep from the hood numbers hmm. than you can from the serial number. I believe it. So, you know, that's kind of a neat thing to have. Yeah, uh, We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves with, with that, though. Um, but well, Actually, I do want to still, with that quote, you say how reliable they are. My grandfather <laughs> used to tell me that, see, he was in Hawaii where it was very hot. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't see action. He came there after Pearl Harbor was bombed, and then gotcha. he served in Hawaii until the end of the war. But when he was on leave or he was running around Hawaii, mm-hmm. He would uh, get a vehicle out of their motor pool, and he said that the Jeeps, a lot of times, would, in that hot temperature over there, would overheat, and he said the engines would seize right up. He said, but much to their credit, he says they would just, a lot of times, they would wait till the engine cooled down. Mm Mm-hmm. They would put it in gear or put it in neutral, push it a little bit, put it in gear, jam it. They'd get it to unseize. Ah. They'd fill it up with cool water again. Wouldn't even put antifreeze in, just water. Yeah. And it'd keep running. Nice. So I guess that is reliable, but he said they didn't durability. He always liked the World War II Dodges better than he did the Jeeps because for the yeah, durability. Trucks a little bit stronger of a chassis. Yeah. Makes sense. And as a side note, did I ever tell you that uh, we found him in an old color video? No. Um, the celebration. I'll have to tell you about that later. That's kind of a neat thing. That's cool. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's really an interesting thing. But um, so back to these Jeeps. In your research, or do you know, how did Jeep get its name? Was it the, the JP or the GP? It was a letter designation. General purpose. Yeah. Yeah, GP503, I believe, is what it was originally yeah, called, Yeah, and it right? just everybody short, shortened it to Jeep. And the, the Jeep character was a Popeye cartoon character. Oh, I forgot The indestructible yeah, little guy. Um, and, and he, yeah. he would say Jeep Jeep or something like yep. that. Yeah. I just I had that conversation with somebody over the summer, actually. <laughs> Pardon me, still getting over that cold. Now, uh, what were we talking about? But I, I think most historians still argue whether or not it did come from the Popeye thing or if it came from the GP thing or if it was a mixture of both. Yeah. Like chicken and egg here. Where did it come from? Yeah. We don't, we don't really know. Well, you, you ever hear that one? You know, the, you talk about the chicken or the egg came first. It was a rooster on the roof of the house, and it lays an egg. You know, the house faces north to south, and the, the rooster's facing east. What what direction does the egg roll down the house? The, what? Roosters don't lay eggs. That's the joke. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, what are you? Way to ruin it, Keith. Sorry, nice. man. I... <laughs> no, no, no. As soon as you said okay. rooster lays an egg, I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you got to talk that part a little faster. Usually people don't catch that one. <laughs> uh, I did that to my guys at work the other day. I, I nice. did my old airplane one. I don't know if I know this one. Um, airplane uh, crashes uh, directly on the Canada-U.S. border. Okay. And they can't identify anyone which side has to bury the survivors. 
Huh. You can't figure it out? No, and I feel stupid for it. You don't bury survivors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Producer Andrew's over there just looking at us like, back to talking about World War II Jeeps. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned before, uh, I thought it was an option. Or, I mean, I thought it was standard, but you're saying it was an option that the 50 cal mount in the back of the Jeeps? I thought it was. Okay. I, I could be wrong. So these things could come with machine guns mounted in the back of them. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the actual frame mount under yeah under the uh, the tub. Okay. So that was a neat sound. <laughs> Producer Andrew's gonna hate you. Yeah, for that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, the you know like you said they they had this under the under the tub there was a round mount that they could mount a machine gun to. Mm-hmm. The they were very rugged little vehicles, fold down windshield. Oh, yeah. They were meant to be able to be packaged up. Mm-hmm. Some believe crated up, although that Jeep in a crate thing is a myth. Jeeps were not delivered in yeah. crates. There are pictures of Jeeps in crates because they were being shipped certain places for certain things, but they didn't yeah. come from the Jeep factory in Toledo in a crate. No, that would have been awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, those of you out there that are still looking to find an original Jeep in a crate, I don't care what your grandpa or your buddy <laughs> or your uncle told you. They did not see one at a surplus auction. Yeah. Um, it, it's a myth. It's been a myth forever. That's been debunked a million times. Yeah. Jeeps in a crate did not exist. Yeah. So, uh, but <laughs> people have reproduced it, the idea. Oh, yeah. And they've done it. Oh, yeah, and it's cool. Yeah, it is neat. Yeah. And we were talking about old willies. I just just popped into my head. My welding instructor in college, he had an old military jeep in the in the class or in the I don't really want to call it a warehouse in the lab. Okay. <laughs> and he got it. I remember he was telling me it was his first welding project, one of them anyways. He and his dad bought it military surplus. It had been cut in half, and he put it back together himself. Um, I'm gonna bet that that was one of the mighty mites. And not the Jeep itself. I thought it was a Jeep. It's been a long time, though. It was <laughs> probably one of the ones that had the four-wheel independent suspension and the little diesel engine. I don't remember now. Yeah, they cut those. Hmm. They would draw and quarter them or cut them in half, and they would sell them. I remember a surplus place I used to go to that actually had those like that. Really? Yeah. That's cool. They, they That's don't a have shame. Anymore, but, but, yeah. Um, speaking of looking at friends' Jeeps and barn find Jeeps, do you know the quickest... Two ways to tell the difference between a World War II Jeep and a later CJ-2A. The the biggest dead giveaway, I'd say, would be the OD green paint that's on everything. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, wartime Jeeps have a nine-slot grill, tiny headlights. Okay. Now, the, the grill is interchangeable, mm-hmm. so people could put a wartime grill on a civilian Jeep. So for your front end, if it's got a nine-slot grill, it's a wartime grill. Okay. Because they never made the nine-slot, to the best of my knowledge, and some Jeep guy out there might say, oh, ha-ha, they made 500 of them with that grill or whatever. (laughs) But mass-produced, they never mass-produced a Jeep with a nine-slot grill um, for the public. These were wartime ones. Yeah. After the war, they went to the seven-slot grill. And they went to the standard, I forgot what the size is, six or seven inch headlights, the standard round headlight for the time. Sevens, I think. Yeah, standard yeah. round headlight for the time. That was why they had to go down to the small, to two less bars because they needed room huh. in the grill for the larger headlights. That makes a lot of sense. The wartime Jeeps had headlights that actually would fold back in. Uh, they were on hinges. So you, you could pop the hood, you, you took a little wing nut, you unscrewed them, and they would pop. And that was so That's they could cool. run them at night. With just a little bit of light coming out yeah. of the grill. That's awesome. Of course, they had the blackout taillights and stuff, too. Yeah. But, but yeah, the headlights were hinged. Um, the tub itself is the dead giveaway. Mm. Wartime Jeeps did not have a tailgate. Really? They're just flat on the back. Like, not no gate, but just like complete across, not an opening? Flat steel. No opening. Huh. Yep. Just flat steel. That's now, cool. some people have cut tailgates into them, mm-hmm. uh, which is sacrilegious. Um, Says the guy who cut one in half. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> in all fairness, I think most of that was rusted in yeah. half. The CJ2A, <laughs> they then started having tailgates in the Jeep tubs. Makes sense. So to remember that. There's the I'm difference. And I, and I do <laughs> believe that there are a number of 
Jeeps, and it might have only been when they got up to the CJ5 years later, and we're not mm-hmm. really talking about them. So, and someone can correct me out there if the CJ2, if the tailgate was optional, it may have been. Hmm. But I can tell you this, if the tub has a tailgate in it, it is most definitely Post-war. not a wartime gr- t- uh Makes sense. Tub. So to keep that up in mind when I'm hunting for them. And they had little <laughs> toolboxes in the back, fenders and everything too. Nice. So little things like that. So I've was... seen like the shovel mounts and stuff they have on the sides of them. Mm-hmm. The the jerry can mounts. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, they're. I mean, there's they're really cool little vehicles. They are. Like I said, I, I'll I'll have one one day. I've just I've always wanted one of these things since I can remember. I was so fascinated by them. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that nine slot grill with the smaller headlights, and I yeah. think with modern technology, you put some LED headlights behind one of them suckers, oh. and you, you, the small headlights are going to be just fine. Get some of those projector bulbs for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm sure you got some other Jeep stories or something you want to tell me over there. You're Mr. Jeep guy, and I'm doing most of the talking on this one, man. Um, you're, you're pulling stuff out I hadn't even come across. You got something you want to Your talk about? Your information's way more entertaining than mine. Mine's more tech specs on stuff. Well, that's all right. Tech specs are all right. So they had they had the little flathead four-cylinder on it. Um, you know, they originally had a little three-speed manual on the floor, mm-hmm. the, the Spicer 18 transfer case. They did have a full floating rear axle. Yep. Where they when they went to the civilian models, they went to the semi floating rear axles. Mm-hmm. So or maybe they were C clip. I'm not actually sure on that. That one I don't know. But that I don't either. I know they had the two piece eventually Dana twenty in the rear and there was or, Wait, they made a two piece Dana twenty? Yeah, they it was the I don't know, they call it two piece axle shaft. It's a weird thing. Goofy. Yeah. It had like a nut in the end of it or something. I've never messed with one. They were, they were popular in the earlier CJs. Hmm, thank God. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the wartime Jeeps, uh, I don't believe any of them came with winches, did they? Not that I'm aware of no. on that. No, they. I, I had a thing somewhere here about options. So with the Do- <laughs> where the Dodge trucks did have the winches on them, the six-wheel drive trucks, a lot of them had winches on them. Uh, and those were all a lot optional. Of the, the big ones did. Yeah, the yeah. Bigger, bigger trucks yeah. did. But, uh, you know, and then, of course, um, what are you looking over there? Production numbers or something? Uh, I do have a whole chart on that. Yeah? Yeah, I think it's at the very bottom here. Well, well so this, your, this oh, goes go back 1940 up to 1964 is what this chart's got. Okay. So we'll, we'll just call it cutoff 1945. <laughs> I won't go through all of them. I'll, actually, I'll just stick with 41. Okay. Uh, so the the Willys well the quad that Willys quad they made two, so that was nineteen forty. The Bantam initial model made twenty six oh five. The Ford GP, which is what started the whole name as we know, they had four thousand four hundred and fifty six of them. And then there were two variants from Willys, the MA with fifteen fifty three, and then we start getting into the big production ones, the MB three hundred sixty one thousand. Whoo! Yeah. A little over that. The Ford, two seventy seven eight ninety six, and then uh, this chart has a World War II total line. Take a, care to take a stab at that. This is nineteen forty to nineteen forty five, World War II total production numbers. World War II total production numbers. Yep. Oh man, um, I'm just gonna throw a number out there. Seven hundred ninety thousand. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not even close. Six hundred forty seven thousand nine twenty five. Oh come on! I was only uh, I was less than two hundred thousand off though. Well, by prices right rules, though you went over. So I'm oh, sorry you don't win anything. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. No whammies or whatever. They, yeah. Um. So, you know, the, the early Jeeps are incredibly hard to find because of the low production, the, yeah. the Bantams, and I, they just rusted away. A lot of them were brought overseas for other, you know, allied countries, and just lost i mean there's probably some in a bog somewhere like those big tanks they restore all Could the time be. i did in all of my years of my um you know searching around vehicles mm. and looking in barns and, and finds i did find a bantam years ago really yeah it was in a shipping container at a guy he was a, he was a military vehicle collector the guy had i think we may have talked about this before the guy had a tank for sale and he had other things and pretty much he I had don't a, remember talking about a guy with a tank he had a bunch of vehicles on his property. Dude. And this guy, I don't know if he had like a tax bill or something that was due mm-hmm. because everything was five thousand dollars. You know, you, you could, could have bought a tank for five grand. It was a small tank, yes. 
But and why didn't you? Because at that time, five grand to me might might as well been a million dollars. It was a tank, bro. Yeah, I I know, I know. It's not like kidney for that almost. <laughs> I mean, not literally. I, I enjoy my uh, carbonated beverages too much to <laughs> risk that. But <laughs> oh man, let's get a quick word from our sponsor, and then when we come back, we'll continue. We, we're this down discussion. to one sponsor. Sponsors. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it sounds like it's time to swap out that old engine for something better, John. Yeah, man, but I have so much into my trans and transfer case set up already. I don't want to change those two. Sounds like you need to call Quick Draw Brand Adapters. They specialize in conversion bell housings for nearly all diesel and gasoline engines, including the new 2.8R Cummins. You know, I like weird engines, though. I want something different. Then you definitely need to visit quickdrawbrand.com today. They have those hard-to-find parts... They also have used diesel engines available. You can call them at 513-446-9654. Cool, I'll do that. See what they have. Thanks. And we're back! Where'd we go? <laughs> scared me. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it did peek out the board, though, there. So Yeah, I heard the pop there. Yeah, all right, so go ahead. And apologies said- to producer Andrew when you're listening to this later. I'm you- going to just go ahead and blame it all on Keith. <laughs> <laughs> you said you had a uh, um, a shout-out? Yep, so a friend of mine, and I apologize if I'm saying your last name wrong, uh, Michael Vanoy, Vanoy however, however you say that, so he sent us a link a couple episodes ago to this 125cc mini Jeep gas golf cart utility vehicle. Oh, that's right. You told me I needed to look this thing up or something, Yeah, right? it's okay. straight up. We were, uh, it was after the Mahindra episode. Okay. This thing is... Like a deluxe power wheel, I almost You said you sent me it. a link or something right here? Yeah, if you go on your Facebook, it's in there. But no, it's like a little 125cc golf cart. I mean, this thing is cool. It's got a little gas tank-looking thing on the back. The tires look like the military Goodyear tires. Okay. It's seriously cool, man. All right, I got it here. It? John sent an attachment. Yeah. Johnny Orange sent me information here. Okay, let's see. What am I taking a look at today? <laughs> I am on the saferwholesale.com website if yep, anybody's interested in buying one. <laughs> and oh, an adult looks like they can drive this. Thing. Yeah. Wow. You get a snowplow for this? Oh my god. That is cool. 30 Dude, these things are like $3400. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever paid that much for an actual Jeep before. <laughs> No, I take that back. I did pay that much for my JK or more than that. I was going to say, you JK. had a four door JK. I know you paid more. Than yeah. That that would be sweet to get a JK for that, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I paid like nine it's grand got, like, for that. It was one of the biggest lemons I ever had. Single piece wheels. Oh, my God. I can, just, I can cool, see you. Man. Is the street legal? I doubt it. No, I don't think so. It's got reverse. It looks like it has turn signal indicators. What's the video? Oh, man. I'm not going to watch the whole thing, but. That's funny. Let's capturing this. All right. So no, no, no. no. We're not getting into videos. <laughs> um, speaking of shout outs here on Oh, well, real quick on that compliment. Yeah, thanks for sending us that link. Um, it's not quite long enough to do a whole episode on that, but we figured we at least mention it for you. So that that you, is cool. You, thanks for the did link. Did you mention who told you? Yeah, Michael Vinoy. Oh, Michael Vinoy. Vinoy. All right. Well, thank you. That is yeah, pretty appreciate cool. appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, uh, Metalhead2011 says... Uh, uh, actually, for kind of a long thing. Just says great off-road show by guys like us, and then he kind of extrapolates on a little more. Or, or she, I'm pretty sure it's a he. But um, thank you very much. Very very nice, uh, um, you know, shout out there. We really appreciate yeah, thank that. You. Appreciate it. So, uh, and we, we had on the YouTube channel. I'm not going to pull it up right now because I don't want to automatically start playing videos or anything. <laughs> I know we had. Um, Why? What were you watching last? No, no. I'm just saying it, it might actually. It was it, how to bake a cake, wasn't it? <sighs> With pink I frosting? I, I don't know what you're talking about. But, <laughs> you know, but if I pull it up right now and Keith and Johnny Ernst start talking and then I hear it in the background while we're talking, <laughs> there's, it, I don't, your universe is going to implode or something. It's possible. I couldn't listen to you and I talk while you and I are talking. I can't do it either. So, But we've had a lot of really nice comments on there on YouTube. <laughs> I think we're going to stay on YouTube. We Our plans are getting accelerated for a studio area Hopefully, within a few episodes. I know we're, we're discussing a new location, potentially. So we'll, potentially, be, we'll be seeing how that goes. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. 
Four by four news, buddy. Uh, you got anything before we end this on Jeeps again? But you got anything in four by four news right now? Nothing really. Um, as we discussed earlier, I've been delving down that rabbit hole of that other transmission, but we're not going to get into that today. No, no. All that, right. That rabbit hole cost me about two hours of time last night, and about an hour and a half today. Oh, okay. I mean, I could half rebuild the thing now. Yeah. <laughs> but. I, I, I haven't read anything really major. Um, the only thing I would say, and I'm going to tie this kind of into museum minutes, mm-hmm. that are this day in off-road history posts have become incredibly popular. That one we talked about in the last episode with the Ford, uh, the 48 Ford F1 introduction, mm-hmm. that post alone's already had like 52,000 views. And Jeez. <clears throat> yeah, did it make? I know we were talking after the show. Did it hit fifty thousand within twenty four hours? Yes. Last I saw, it was at like forty, forty something. Yeah, I believe it did. It, it kind of it kind of got out fifty one, fifty two, and then since it's buried enough in the older posts now that it's only slowly creeping up now. Gotcha. Nice. Um, a lot of our other posts are doing the same thing. They're hitting in the thirteen thousand, twenty thousand range. People are sweet. People are loving these. These this day in off road history. I'm still looking for ones. If you look at Today's uh, mm-hmm. to recording date of the 23rd here. Uh, of course, this is going to upload here in a few more days, but the recording date of the 23rd on the Museum of Off-Road Adventures uh, Facebook page, this day in history, uh, two years ago in 2018, at the King um, Abdul Aziz, I think is how you pronounce it, Abdul Aziz. Uh, the, the one we talked about that opened the museum? Uh no, or no, different this guy? different one. Oh, okay. It's the King Abdul Aziz Camel Beauty Contest in oh, Saudi right, Arabia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 12 camels were uh, discontinued or uh, disqualified for because their owners Botoxed their lips. Such a shame. You know, the, the performance enhancing <laughs> chemicals, that's just not cool, man, in any sort of show. So, especially in a camel. What's the, what's the tie <laughs> to the off road? It was a stretch. Um, I I, well, I do a, transportation. I do a lot of research into these posts. I usually can find something interesting on that date in history with mm-hmm. the six or eight sources I'm using yeah. within fifteen or twenty minutes. For like an hour, I searched for something interesting that happened on on January twenty third. Could not find it, and I finally ran across that. And I said, "Well," mm-hmm. so then I said to myself, "Well, just because I was curious, Google rabbit hole." Yeah. What was the first animal or first? Because animals obviously came before vehicles. What was the first animal we domesticated to ride? And I thought maybe mm-hmm. it was the camel. No, it was the horse and ox, which were about 4,000 B.C., and then the okay. camel about 3,000 B.C. But So, yeah, but it's off-road vehicle nice. or off-road transportation, right? I'll, I'll say, and again, this you talk about weird random stories popping in your head. So I remember watching some documentary on military special forces. I want to say it was the, the British SAS. I could be wrong. It, no. It was the U.S. Solid axle swap. Gotcha. No. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> so it was a, a special ops team. Okay. And they, they had this mission. They had to drive through the desert. They, they had one vehicle that had to be as quick and as light as possible. They stripped every other bolt out of this thing. They cut all the slats out the grill. They took everything out. To get one Jeep to carry the entire team and all their supplies there and out on the fuel that was in it with enough left to idle into, you know, their final destination when they got back. With a Jeep. Yeah. Nice. I mean, they, they stripped this thing down to barely holding together. <laughs> you know, that something you mentioned, uh, and I, I don't remember if it was at the beginning of this podcast or before we even started recording, is where we where basically it all started. Mm-hmm. You know, as we know... Four-wheel drive vehicles go all the way back to 1903. Yep. But I'll agree with you that the Jeep in 41 is what really springboarded four-wheel drive vehicles into the public's eye because right after World War II, Mm -hmm. and and I know we didn't touch on really even 10% of of what we could have about the World War II Jeeps, but after World War II... Jeep continued making basically the same model into the CJ2A. Mm-hmm. First the CJ2, then the CJ2A. Yeah. And, you know, GIs came back and they would buy those new, the ones that could afford a new one, or mm-hmm. they bought military surplus wartime Jeeps. And they would take them, you know, running on the sand with them, out in the woods and things like that. And that's where off-roading as a hobby really, really got its, you know, its wings. Yeah. 
And, you know, so the Jeep, like you said, started all. And then, like, last episode, Toyota Land Cruiser. Mm-hmm. Right after the war, Toyota was given a wartime Jeep to reverse engineer. Yeah. So the entire lineage of the Toyota Land Cruiser and the entire lineage of Jeeps up to today yeah. are all because of a wartime vehicle that was originally designed by Bantam Motors back yeah. in 1940. Yeah. Alternative In 45 days. Yeah. 75. Oh, I thought you said, okay, yeah, 75, 75 days. Yeah. But and that, that's start <coughs> to finish. Uh, Isn't that amazing? The, the biggest issue they struggled with was to reduce the weight to the Army specifications. Okay. And they went as far as shortening bolts just to make them, them work. Lighter panels just to try and get to it. And the, the final version of it was something like 400 pounds over the requirement still. But it still worked for what they needed. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, like I said, and that, and that, was, that was history. I mean, yeah. that's, that's where it all came from. And then the crazy part, so this is of the the original production of the MB models. Take a stab what the original price was. To the government? Yeah. I'm going to go with like 1800 bucks a piece. Seven thirty eight seventy four. Less than $1,000. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Man, I, I would love if you could just go into a Jeep dealership oh, today yeah. and buy a new Jeep for under $1,000. Oh, yeah. That would be great. <laughs> Even a stripped out <laughs> model like that. That would be great, yeah. You know, Something nice, bare bones, simple, basic. You know, beat the heck out of it and still keep going. That would be great. You know, we we're specifically talking about the World War II jeeps here, but the flat fenders in the CJ two A and then the CJ three and the CJ three B all by extension are essentially the wartime jeep that's been updated a little bit each time. Yeah. If you say that the CJ three B, do you know how long that was in production? That was the shortest one, wasn't it? That was the one with the tall hood, the kind of ugly one. I don't remember a whole lot that. Was about that was the last fr- flat fender that was produced. Yeah. No, I don't know offhand, though. Take a guess. <laughs> what do you think last year for the uh, tall hood CJ3B design was? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that hint. What year design. did it start? Oh, man. I, I want to <laughs> say I want to say 48 or 49. I could be wrong without looking. I, I, I didn't look it up. I don't know that off the top of my head. A- might have a link here that has that. Okay. Well, it was yeah, it, it, it was one of the more unpopular models that a lot of the Jeep guys didn't like the tall hood. They needed that for the new Hurricane engine. I'll throw it out 1972. 1999. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was produced um, under license from Jeep by okay. Mitsubishi and Mahindra all the way to 99. Huh. It's part of that Mahindra thing that we talked about a couple yeah. episodes ago. Um, Mahindra took that 3B design. Mm-hmm. And they kind of redesigned it, but they redesigned it with CJ7 hmm. characteristics nice. to create the Roxer. Nice. And so it's essentially still being produced today in the form of the Mahindra Roxer that like was it. updated. But the actual 3B flat fender, yeah, that fenders, hoods, all of that was produced all the way up to 1999. Huh. That's crazy. So yeah, these these flatties. I mean, they yeah they built something that lasted. They built something. Oh yeah. A couple of quick other uh, quick points of interest. You can fit a World War II flat fender Jeep into the bed of an eight foot bed pickup truck. Seriously? Yes. You can put ramps on the tailgate and drive one up in there. That's awesome. There's pictures online of guys that have re- barn find rescued them, taken them home. You can put them in the bed of an eight foot bed pickup truck. It is. Oh. Got me thinking. <laughs> You're like, I don't like backing up a trailer, so I'm just going to start carrying one in Dad's truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you see all these things about the, uh, you know, the Fords, and with the new heated tailgate options. Oh, yeah, warm. it's your it's your spare, yeah. Yeah. Well, now you just carry one of these, and you're fine. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> and it's tough enough to pull the truck home too. <laughs> oh man, that's so bad. That's so bad. Uh, Aftermarket, yeah, it is. <laughs> Aftermarket support for the wartime Jeeps is huge. Uh, you can buy an entire new body from MD1 Enterprises. Wasn't, I don't know if Aguila makes them for these, but I know they make out a lot of the Alum- or Aquila. Aqualoo? Yeah, that one. Aquila. Aquila. I, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about later. Aqualoo out of Canada <laughs> makes aluminum yeah. tubs for these. That's correct. Yeah. I'd say I didn't know if they made them this far back, but I know like the, the CJs and the YJs, yeah. TJs, you can get those. Yeah, there's... Nice. Um, in the Philippines, there's a company that makes stainless steel tubs. Ooh, I'd rather have that. That's going to be expensive. You can polish them, and they look shiny. 
No. no, they bring them here. There's there's importers that already have them here. I'm brushed, brushed stainless, no oh, polish. Okay. Go with the uh, DeLorean look. Yes, I hate shiny. Which, hey, real quick, that's not four by four news, but it's <laughs> automotive news. Did you see in the news that uh, DeLorean is possibly reopening? I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading that a while back. Um, DeLorean Motor Company still exists on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in Texas now. It was mm-hmm. originally out of uh, Ireland, but one company purchased the entire remaining stock of DeLorean. Nice. And they're building continuation cars. Well, now they they're basically saying that yes, it is happening. Where the DeLorean's going back into sweet. It, it's limited production, but yeah, so brand new budget, factory warranty DeLoreans. Hey, if they got one of four by four, they they, they're already building them now. But these mm-hmm. are going to be like all new builds. As well. Nice. Yeah. I was excited. I found a turbo for one of those things. I didn't know they ever had a turbo option. It was a aftermarket, or it was a dealer. Oh, no, it's branded. It, yeah. it would have had to been dealer. This was like branded. It was right at the end. DeLorean. Of yeah, that <laughs> was cool. I'd I'd love to have one of those one day. But <laughs> I I I'd be torn between actually using it and keeping it for show. Now, mm. now I'm gonna say it right here, right now. If I ever get one, I'm using it. A DeLorean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll use it. Drive it every day. Maybe not every day, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my winter car. <laughs> Man, you know, oh, you know, I I will say this. I want to talk about real real quickly. This is a story about me being incorrect about something about Jeeps. Okay, something I only found out. You finally mm. learned there was no Wrangler in '96. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I was on some. Off-road page on Facebook. Don't mm-hmm. even remember which one it is, okay? One of the groups. And there was this guy talking about something or other, swapping. I, and I, My memory you know, escapes me a little bit, but I think it was something along the lines of he was going to swap this engine, trans and transfer case, into this old CJ. And okay. I just commented... Um, you're going to have to either change your transfer case or you're going to have to change your front axle because um, the first driver drop, because he was planning on using a driver drop transfer case, mm-hmm. as the first driver drop Jeep came out in 87. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, open top Jeep with the Wrangler. Yeah. Mr. Rick Payway himself, the Jeep god, Mm-hmm. Um, who writer for Peterson's Four Wheel and Off Road, JP Magazine, all that, uh, editor of JP Magazine, comments to my comment and says, "No, the first driver's drop Jeep came out in 1940 or something like that." And I'm okay. like, "What are you talking about?" Apparently, the very early, and I don't remember if it was the the Pygmy or the um, uh, the the Bantam, mm-hmm. the very first ones did have a driver drop front axle, but for huh. whatever reason, they switched it over to a passenger drop axle for the production models. Interesting. Yeah. So they did very actually, the first Jeep started out with a driver drop nice. axle, and then for the next like 40 years, they are all passenger drop. And then it came back full circle to what's proper. So it just, it just, yeah, it just shows, <laughs> it just shows to you, um, those guys out there that are just this insane knowledge oh, yeah. of these things. That'd be cool. If, if he's listening to this, we'd love to have an opportunity to talk to you on the show sometime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That'd sure. Cool. He'd always be welcome to come talk on the show. That'd be kind yeah, of cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. But, uh, John, what else? You Do you got anything else going on about these things besides the fact that you and I both need one in our life? Um, again, for me, because I've had, like I said, I've had the Ford GPW. I've had the Slack Grill. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a CJ2A. but I've got a huge long list of stuff that I want one day. But I, I've got an idea for a question to end this with. Question for me or question for the our Question our for them. them. And, and, and you. What? The, the, is oh, that the royal the we thing. or the royal them? No, we're having a conversation with that oh, little with blue them, thing there. With them yeah. over there. Yes, I see. Okay. We've got to pay attention to who we're talking to. Yeah, we're talking to us, but we're talking to them too. Okay, we're talking to the YouTubers. Yeah. What's the question? Well, if we're done, I'm going to pose this because we're going to end it on this. Oh, I'm, I'm good. So I'm stealing this from your, uh, your Mora post. So, do you offer it on a horse, camel, ox, or an elephant? Send us your pictures and let us know. And thanks for listening. Have a good one, everybody.